0: of Strong Style Impact Media's weekly dive into the world of MMA and pro wrestling and occasionally some other combat sports. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. We have tons of great things to talk about. So many great things. AEW is gearing up for their pay-per-view in what is it, about a week or so. Uh, SummerSlam just happened. bunch of big stuff with that. We've got the PFL and UFC have events coming up, but first, and actually before the first, I guess pre-first, if you would like to uh, follow the show or leave a question, comment, suggestion, uh, photo bomb, key lime pie recipe, or you're gonna just leave the key lime pie, that'd be great. You can search for us uh, on Facebook, any of the shows, whether that's Board Check, Strong Style, That Sports Show, Jeremy York, Impact Media, any of that. You can do the same on any place you would find a podcast. If you search for us on the place you normally find a podcast and do not find us, please let us know. We would like to be everywhere and make it easily accessible for all of you guys to find us. This only works if you guys listen, so that we very much appreciate. Also, at Team Impact Media, we'll find all these show links on Twitter. Also on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, or Instagram at the Impact Ninety We'll find me, which is another great way to find the show. But uh, we definitely appreciate. Oh. Endzone at gmail.com. That's the, the number three, E N D Z O N E, at gmail.com. We'll find the uh, show's email. We appreciate them. We try to answer all that we can. I do my best to answer every one of them. And uh, we much appreciate you guys. So, first things first, let's talk UFC 277, which happened over the weekend. After uh, sharing weekends with the PFL and sharing weekends with Bellator, here recently the UFC had this one all to themselves, and they took full advantage. To say this card was loaded is an understatement—absolute understatement. It had fireworks all up and down the card. Uh, thanks to you guys who followed along on Twitter as we did the uh, the undercard. Preliminary fights, we did a lot of those on Twitter. Those are always fun to chat it up with you guys. We uh, we end up uh, we end up meeting fantastic people. So uh, let's start with the main event. That always makes the most sense. This was Juliana Pena defending her women's bantamweight title over Amanda Nunes, who she just a couple months ago for said title after Nunez had ran through practically everybody. This thing went the distance. It went all five rounds. And at 50 to 45 to 43 to 44 various things like that. Uh, Amanda Nunez is your new and new women's bantamweight champion? Uh, she seemed to have an answer for everything Juliana did. Now this this was a lot closer than the judges gave them credit for. This was a lot closer, and I'm not just defending Juliana, and I am not trying to bash on Amanda because she one thousand percent won this fight. Some people were saying the first time they fought that maybe Amanda was getting a little complacent because she was running through people so bad in two different divisions. She is champ champ again now, by the way, that uh, maybe Juliana just caught her. I, I don't think that's the case. Juliana's good enough to beat her. Uh, there are also, also some that say Amanda come out more focused. She, she said after the last fight that there were a lot of distractions in her life. Uh, that she was trying to iron out. She felt distracted at her own gym. That was American Top Team at the gym she was attending. So uh, she went off and made her own gym that uh, I hear is doing pretty well. And apparently it did pretty well, got her focus back. She felt like she wasn't fully supported in, in the American Top Team room. But it's kind of crowded there. They, they got a lot of a lot of beasts, a lot of bangers, a lot of just all-out massively great fighters. I get it. But Amanda also said after this, I understand why she said it, but if you look at her after the fight now, hey, Juliana got her shots in just as much, and the, uh, the, the forehead gash that Juliana had was not from a Amanda strike, it was an incidental headbutt that actually kind of knocked them both a little loopy. More Amanda than, than Juliana, but Juliana took the uh, physical damage. But this fight, people were, a lot of people were immediately saying, oh, there, there needs to be a rematch. Maybe. Not right off. And I don't want to punish Juliana. I don't, I don't want to seem that way because in no way is this doing this. But I hate when they force rematches on us, and I think both these girls need a slight break from each other. We've seen two in a row. We don't want to see three in a row. If not, we're going to get the Figueredo-Moreno stuff. And I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I think Amanda should take on somebody else. I think Juliana should take on somebody else if they both win. And let's do it again. But uh, congratulations to Amanda. She absolutely deserves this. This is something that years ago nobody would have ever thought could happen. Not Amanda winning, but uh, two great women's Bantamweight fighters headlining fights you know ronda helped usher that in but people like amanda are keeping that going people like cyborg are keeping that going people like kayla harrison they keep that going so congratulations to amanda uh juliana i think once she heals up i think she's going to be right back in the mix and a great main event just a great main event right off the bat uh, the co-main event was Brandon Marino, as I mentioned, versus Kai Cara France for the flyweight interim title. And if you believe it's an interim title, then that's fine. Uh, it really wasn't, in my opinion. It's the full out because Figueredo, uh has a busted finger or something. I can't remember. Something that was an injury that caused him to not only give up the belt, but I think he is potentially thinking of, of waiting around for Connor. Hey, if you want to do that, do that. But Brandon Moreno left no doubt because the TKO victory 4 minutes 34 seconds into round number 3 over Kara France. These two, man, they, they were trading some blows. This was a fantastic fight. Absolutely fantastic. This is why you match up people like this. And this is why they're the co-main event. Uh, great for Moreno, who is now a two-time champ. Remember, he is the first, I think, Mexican-born champion in the UFC history. Now he's two-time. Kai Car France did not fight a bad fight; just uh, got caught. And you, and you can you can punch Brandon Moreno as many times as hard as you can, and the guy just will not give into it. But uh, like I said, good for Moreno. Two. Fantastic title fights right at the top of the card uh, that just highlighted the rest of the card, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna go over a couple of them right now, like uh, Sergey Pavlovich with the TKO over Derek Lewis 55 seconds into round number one. I want to talk about Sergey first. His performance was fantastic, not just because he got an early TKO. No, he come in and he was not gonna let Derek Lewis be Derek Lewis, and that is a hard thing to do. There are a lot of people who have fits with Derek Lewis. Sergey Pavlovich was not one of them. He forced the action. He made Derek fight his fight, even this early on. And when he got him, he got him. For Derek Lewis, let me just bring this up. How about you don't fight in Texas? Uh, you don't do. You really don't do well in your hometown of Houston. You do okay in Dallas, but Texas is just your home state is not doing a lot of favors for you. So. Derek, fight anywhere else. Uh, come fight in Atlanta. I would love you guys to come back to Atlanta. Not just because you'd be close here. The Atlanta market, it's something the PFL proved a couple weeks ago. The Atlanta market is chomping at the bit for great MMA action. It's a great pro wrestling hub, too. But it'd be a great place to hold a uh, UFC. Even a fight night. Um, Alexander Pertorja over Alex Perez by submission. That was fantastic just a minute and a half in. Magomed Akalayev with the TKO over Anthony Smith. <coughs> Let's talk about this one. Here's what happened. This makes it 3 weeks in a row with a catastrophic injury causing a premature causing a premature ending to a fight somewhere in round number one somewhere in round number one Anthony Smith uh, hurt his leg he knew he hurt his leg and uh, he got himself through that and uh, we really didn't notice too much until after the round he goes to he goes to uh, go back to his corner and he's got a pretty noticeable limp so we're like hold on What's going on there? Um, And then in round number two, he does a very... un-Anthony Smith-like thing. And that... is, uh, he started the round and, like, immediately tried to go to his back and tried to get a, uh and tried to get a uh, Just kind of invite Magomed down so that he could try to uh, get some sort of submission Which like I said is a very A very unanthony smith like thing what he was really trying to do was basically salvage what was what he could of the fight because he knew he couldn't stand he couldn't pivot he couldn't push he couldn't do any of those things. He was just hoping to catch Uncle Iev And at, at some point, he, he just had to give in to the fact that uh, he, he was on one leg. He was literally a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. That's just, unless the other guy's got no legs, it's hard to win those. And uh, ultimately... Uh, I, th- I don't know if it's a it's a busted ankle or a busted leg. I do not know that yet. But I do know that he is having surgery today? Wednesday, tomorrow. I think it, it it's lower leg, I'm pretty sure. And uh, he will be having surgery tomorrow. I'm sure we will hear more about it on the Believe You Me podcast with, with the he co-host with Michael Bisping. But uh that is just not the way you wanted to see that fight because Magomed Ankalaev is already an undefeat or uh, eighteen and one. He had one loss. He is a monster. But Anthony Smith Not sure how many more runs he's gonna have. Not saying he's old, not saying he's washed up. You just never know how these things work. You know, not everybody's glover to share and and you know, getting those those uh getting those big time opportunities late in your career Um, More than likely you're looking six eight months or better, whatever it is And uh, Anthony Smith will bounce back. We know he will his his fighter spirit Um, Make sure to send him some well wishes. You know we do thoughts and prayers are with you on a speedy and healthy recovery Anthony and uh, and Akholaev the problem is this fight if it would have shaped out the way it was starting I could easily make the case that the winner of this should be the number one contender. Instead, because of the uh, the way it ended, I just feel like they're going to make Uncle I face somebody else. I, I don't know who. It doesn't make any sense. I, w- I would make him the number one contender. I would say after the next title fight that uh, he's next in line. But just uh, not the world's best way end and uh you, you just feel for both fighters they they don't they don't want them to end early like that if they end early it's because they want to knock the other one out submit the other guy not because somebody's body fails them and it has nothing to do with andy smith being old a lot of people said that oh well it's because he's older and his body's breaking down no it's not that at all it's you get a freak accident when you are a highly trained athlete things happen so once again thoughts and prayers and well wishes to anthony smith and uh, you know, hey, good luck to Ankolaev and well wishes to him as well as uh, hopefully he gets closer to a uh, title fight. Uh, big win by Alex Morano. That was a fun fight against Matthew uh, Samelsberger. Drew Dober over Rafael, or Rafael Alves. Uh, that was that was a good TKO. Man, he got him. He got him pretty good. Uh, great performance by Hamdi Abdelwahab. Uh he comes in undefeated. Apparently he hasn't had very many fights and people were trying to say, well, two of his fights were against the same guy on the amateur sc- or on the on the uh, the indie scene so to say and you just okay. But uh Dante maze is a is a hammer. And Hamdi gave him all he could in the first and the third. I don't know why this was a split decision, by the way, but uh May May's definitely won round number two. But Hamdi, he had round one. He had round three. Uh, he, he had good he, – apparently he's a really good wrestler, I think, from uh, Olympic. I don't know if he made it to the Olympics or he was in the cycle or something like that, but you could tell the wrestling. And he doesn't look like your typical fighter, but, uh, you know, kind of a Daniel Cormier thing. You kind of look and you're like, that that guy's going to beat me in a fun- – okay, and then he, he – did a really good job, and like I said, I think he stepped in last minute, maybe within the last week or so, but uh, good for Hamdy. Maybe they'll give him uh, an, uh, a, an opponent more on his level next time, and we'll really get to see what he can do, but great for him. Uh, finally returning after the weird Jeremy Stevens incident, I mean, he may have fought before then, in between there, but I just I'm not quite sure about that, but uh, are close closer. Uh, he got the big win over Rafa Garcia. Uh, you know, it, it, it's the thing that happened. They uh, Jeremy Stevens shoved him while they were at the weigh-in and close. Like, his head snapped back or something like that, and he ended up getting whiplash, and it made him sick the next day, and, and just... Uh, You know, it just—it was a weird situation. Jeremy Stevens even spoke about that at PFL stuff. And it, it, it's not, it was not his intention. Because they had the fight called off, and it, it just is what it is. And, you know, it was a weird moment. But uh, clo- Drakar close with a, a unanimous decision win. Uh, Michael Morales with the TKO over Adam Fugit. Look that one up. That was a fun one. Jocelyn Edwards with the split decision over uh, G.E. Young Kim. Women's White man, it, that's that's a that's a banger of a of a division for sure. Uh, Nikolai Negomaranu with the TKO over Ihor Patera, or is it Pachero? Pachero. Never got it right. D- just like just like a Ryan, uh, I think it's Kos or Koska. I, Orion, he got the unanimous decision win over Blood Diamond. No joke, his name is Blood Diamond. But that was UFC 277, and if you're going to go head to head with somebody, you want a big card. If you're all by yourself, you want a bigger card because you showcase, and they absolutely did. Not to be outdone, this week they are on ESPN and ESPN Plus. It's the whole card. The whole card is on ESPN. So outside. Of uh, a cornhole national tournament or softball or croquet, uh, you should be able to tune in to the four-letter network and see the entire card. I'm just going to go over a couple of them real quickly. Just m- mainly the, the main events or, or the main card and a couple of things I like on the undercard. Tiago Santos is, is uh He's a slight dog against uh, Jamal Hill, Jamal Hill. Uh, but that's the main event. Those two light heavyweights, that's going to be fantastic. Um, I would look, f- these two, they're going to want to stand and deliver. Santos may want to take it to the ground at some point, but uh, Hill is not so bad when he gets there. So that, that could be a fun uh, back-and-forth uh, chess match there. And the co-main event, Vicente Luque. He's taking on Jeff Neal. That's a banger. That's a banger there. Those two are going to want to tear each other's heads off and then at the end probably share a beer. That's the mentality of these guys. It's it's going to be fun. Uh, Magomed Usman is a uh, slight dog actually to Zach Poga. Poga? Poga? I'm going to go with Poiga. Uh, Zach is undefeated at 6 0 and 0 to, to uh, Usman's 8. Two and zero, but it's a heavyweight division. These two are going to be throwing cinder blocks at each other. I think Zach's going to get his first loss. Um, in the women's flyweight, Brogan Walker is going to take on Juliana Miller. It'll be a fun fight. These two girls, they're they're going to want to showcase their skills. They're on the main card. They're the fourth the fourth biggest fight on the card. And uh, it's, it's, they're going to be able to put their skills. They're going to show you that the women's flyweight division is one of the stoutest divisions uh, in fighting right now. And then uh, Augusto Sakai versus Sergey Spivak. I've seen Spivak fight a handful of times uh, since COVID started, basically. Now that it's... Uh, we feel like we're on the tail end of it. I know people are still getting it. And we... Well wishes and thoughts and prayers to you guys as well. It's... it's uh, Once we took it serious, we were able to band together and do some stuff about it. So, uh, fantastic, right? But, uh, Spivak does, does some, has some really good fights. He is the favorite. I actually think Augusto Sakai is going to uh, have the upper hand in that one. Sam Alvey is going to have his 52nd professional fight against Michael Aleshnochuk, who is a giant favorite. Uh, Sam, Al- Sam Alvey can still pu- can still do some really good things, but I think he gotta go Michael Aleshnochuk in that one. Uh, just I like Sam Alvey; seems like a real good dude, but. At some point, uh, you got to move on before it gets really bad. Um, you got Corey McKenna versus Miranda Granger for the women's strawweight uh, division. That's uh, almost the first fight. I'll get to the first one in a minute. The, the opener. That's going to be fun. Also in the women's bantamweight, that we just saw a bunch of banger fights there. Uh, Myra Buena Silva versus Stephanie Egger. That's going to be fun. Those two are going. Those two matchups are going to are definitely going to uh, open up the card. Just guns blazing. It's going to be fantastic. But if we're going to keep talking fighting, I just previewed this weekend's UFC. We have to talk PFL. PFL as their first week of playoffs start this weekend. They are in New York. Did they change? I just have them listed here. I don't think they're listed by actual... by uh, importance because... Uh, Yeah, there's. I I, I, don't, I think they're just listed on here. Okay, uh, the first three fights. Actually, the first seven fights are going to be on ESPN Plus, and the top four. I guess that's the main card. The top four, which will be the actual playoff matchups, in the light lightweights and light heavyweight divisions. Those will actually be on on regular ESPN. Once again, barring a uh, a badminton, you know, a a badminton semifinal or whatever. Um, there's a lot of good fights on the on the uh, undercard. Uh, Corey Hendricks, Martin Hamlet. That's that's pretty fun. But let's talk about the main events. the The main card. Uh, Robert Wilkinson versus Delon Monty. That's. I told you guys before. Delon Monty is the most intense athlete I have ever spoken with. Uh, almost to a scary level, but not necessarily, because he seems he was super cool about it. But he is very intense. He is very fiery. He could—it could have been because he was coming off a big win, a win that people didn't think he was going to have. But uh, you get the one versus four seed here. Uh, Robert Wilkinson has the coolest mustache in fighting. Oh, and for those asking, I, I always know you guys ask. It's the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. That is the—that uh, is where this is going to be at. But, oh, they do have them. Okay, now i figured out how they had them listed. They had them in a weird way. But, yeah, that's the main event. It's going to be Wilkinson versus Monty. The co-main event is going to be Olivier Aubin-Mercier versus Alexander Martinez. Martinez had the fantastic performance and win over Clay Collard that helped propel him into uh, the playoffs Uh, Those two are gonna wanna they're gonna want to trade on their feet for a minute But I believe Albin Mercier is gonna want to take this to the ground and Martinez is just as happy to be there, so we'll see how that one plays out Um, I will give I will give my predictions here in a minute Another semi-final will be Amari Akhmedov versus Josh Silvera. Amari might be the heavy favorite in this. Not the heavy favorite, but he's probably the favorite. A lot of people say that, hey, Amari's going to use his, his striking to uh, to uh, get Silvera maybe down, and, and once he gets him on the ground, he's, he's going to finish him there. Well, Silvera showed that he could stand and bang with the best of them, and it... It may not get to the ground unless there's a f- already a, unless it involves a finish. But uh, that's going to be fun because Silvera is also undefeated at this point. Uh, and then what I thought was going to be the main event, but turns out it's going to be the opener on the main card, Anthony Pettis versus Stevie Ray. This is the second time they met. The first time they met, Stevie Ray pulled the upset. I'm going to call it a big upset because they're both pretty good. Stevie Ray pulled the upset on Anthony Pettis and propelled himself into the playoffs. Stevie Ray ended up winning with uh, his version of a twister. And it popped one of Anthony Pettis' ribs loose or out or something, whatever it did. It put him in a very uncomfortable spot and Anthony Pettis wanted to be out. Out of that fight quickly, which he found himself out of. Um, so, let's go to it. Let's, let's start right there. Anthony Pettis versus Stevie Ray. I think this is very much they're they're going to start on their feet. Uh, Pettis tried to take this fight to the ground, and that's when Stevie Ray got him. So, I feel like Pettis is going to want to stay on his feet and try to trade with him. And he does have, I think, a slight height advantage. Stevie Ray is a smaller guy. But he hits just as hard, if not harder, than Pettis. I'm taking Stevie Ray to go 2-0 and against Anthony Pettis. And... And uh, the highest-paid guy, Anthony Pettis, in PFL, will be going home with a first-round exit. Um, Omari Akamedov versus Josh Silvera. Who's the better fighter right now? Probably Omari. But give me Josh Silvera. Give me Josh Silvera. I think he's going to find a way to get this done. It's going to stay on it like the other fighters. They're going to try to stay on their feet more, and I think it's going to come to bite amari a little more than josh because um amari actually after his win a couple uh what a month or so ago even though he was a winner he was the only guy we didn't get a chance to speak to because he took a ride to get checked out at the hospital i'm not sure if it's an injury or uh you know it could be all kinds of stuff that get that uh you decided to go get checked out could have been a cut anything like that but i feel like that is gonna go into josh's favor somehow, conditioning-wise, or something. So give me Josh Silvera. Um, Olivier Aubin-Mercier versus Alexander Martinez. Man, they're both super cool. Everybody we talked to was super cool. Um, Give me Olivier Aubin-Mercier. I feel like this is going to be our best chance at a submission finish, but I could be wrong. I'm going to still take um, Aubin-Mercier, though. And then Robert Wilkinson versus Delon Monty. Delon loves standing bang. Uh, Wilkinson will do that. He'll also wrestle you. He uh, he's got. They both have tremendous amount of talent and skills. Give me the one seed, Robert Wilkinson. I feel safe saying that because I am far away from Delon Monty. Nah, no, he he's not like that. Just messing with you guys. Uh, I just feel like Robert Wilkinson is going to have the upper hand in this one. So to recap those real quick, I got Stevie Ray over Anthony Pettis. I've got Josh Silvera over Amari Akhmadov. I have Olivier Aubin-Mercier over Alexander Martinez. And I have Robert Wilkinson over Delon Monte. I am going to do my best. I do not know when this starts. I. I really don't know when this starts. So we can. We're going to try to see if we can figure that out uh, in the next couple seconds. I am um, going to do my best to. Uh, oh, we got it. Oh, there we go. Looks like. Looks like it's going to start at seven. The main car is going to start at seven, which means that the undercar will probably start. At Five or so that's that's about what they did the schedule. They kept here in Atlanta Um, I'm gonna do my best to Live tweet and follow along on Twitter like you guys do for the main card Um, And uh, you guys feel free to join us um, at the impact 99 is where I I will be uh, popping in and out on that account and uh, follow along let us know what you think tell me. I'm dead wrong tell me. I'm dumb. That's fine <laughs> or say hey, man That's a good point bring up stuff it's so much fun uh, You know a couple times ago in follow along with one of the UFC events. Uh, we ended up talking to a champion um, in, in another um, in, in another organization, so uh, Definitely check that out and that's gonna do it for the MMA talk for this week uh, but before we get into SummerSlam and some other fun things, now here is a message fr- about our friends at BetOnline.net. Uh, make sure to go check them out. They have uh, all kinds of fun stuff, which we will talk about here in a second. But uh, until then, check out our friends at BetOnline.net. This is Jeremy the Impact York from Board Check, That Sports Show, and Strong Style. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, Boxing, and Golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and scores. And... BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we are back on Strong Style. Welcome back. Jeremy the Impact York, your humble host. Remember, go visit our friends at betonline.net. They have not just wager opportunities, they have podcasts, they have shows, they have articles. They do a lot of the research for you to make it easy. So go check out our friends over at betonline.net. Now, let's just talk about the obvious. I'm not going to talk about Ron Smackdown this week because we had a big pay-per-view what big pay-per-view that would be SummerSlam and it had some intriguing things and it had some just awesome things And yes I am foreshadowing something let's talk about out of the gate remember I always tell you guys your main event is your main event you think it's gonna be your biggest match your your biggest build match Which was your first match you think is going to be your second biggest match. It's how you build a wrestling card. The first match out of the gate is the one you think is going to be the second best. Or on paper is the second best. So what match did they start with? They started with the WWE Raw Women's Championship match. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. And these two, this was almost like an MMA affair at this point. Because these two beat the crap out of each other. Back and forth moments. I have to say, you guys know I'm not a big Bianca fan. I think I, I, she hasn't won me over. But I got a lot more appreciation for her. I already respected her and appreciated her. I have a little bit more appreciation for her because of this match. I felt like it was, I mean, it went 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Not to be outdone, we'll, we'll get to one in a minute that was super short, and you'll see why. Uh, Fifteen minutes, and Bianca ends up retaining. Fine, we uh, get past that. Fine, but um, I, I want to see Becky if she's not chasing the championship to get into a cool feud with somebody. Um, there, there was a cool faction that did show up at the end of this one, and it included two people. Who had been let go according to what I had believed. But the faction that does not have a name yet, and once again, I have not seen Raw this week, so there is a chance that they said it on Raw. Uh, but it is Bailey, who is back. Thank goodness. Miss Bailey a lot. It is Io Shirai, who is going by something else now. I thought she might be gone from the company or, or was just kind of hanging around. I didn't know what to do with her. And the returning, Dakota Kai. This screams Triple H. This screams Triple H, who is now technically in charge of creative as far as some of the uh, programming and things like that. Now that Vince uh, stepped away, he is now uh, more in charge of that. And you will see a lot of changes. I saw a lot of changes as of last week. Some things he was undoing, things that had been done when he was gone, and such things like that. And uh, you're going to see a very different NXT, and you're going to see very different types of writing and feuds. And it's going to be fantastic. But uh, those three, man. I, Io Shirai is pretty good. Dakota Kai and Bailey, I'm huge fans of. So this faction could be really... Really good, and I I look forward to the things that uh, they bring to the table. Speaking of things that were awesome, The Miz, with Maurice and Tommaso Ciampa, who apparently is just going by Ciampa now, took on Logan Paul. Now, Maurice and Ciampa were on the outside, but of course they played parts. This match was 14 minutes, almost 15 minutes itself. Logan Paul, man, he, he is going after it. After what he did at WrestleMania, a lot of us speculated, man, he, he might have a future in wrestling. He, uh, he embraces the showmanship of it. He's a great athlete. He seems to take to a lot of things really fast. The Miz has been quoted as saying, hey, he, he takes to this faster than anybody I've seen. He just gets it. He understands the movements and the fluidity and why you do things and why you don't do things and, and how to put things together. And uh, Logan Paul gets the win. He gets the. Uh, he's now two and zero in the WWE. I feel like it, he's not just going to be a. Uh, every, you know, he did sign a contract with him. I feel like we're going to start to see him on Raw or SmackDown or. In, I, honestly, I think NXT would be a great place for him. I understand why you would do Raw or SmackDown. He is a big name. Um, if you're going to do that. Gosh, I'm going to make an argument either way. I would. I would almost put him SmackDown. I feel like they need the star power there, and it would, uh, it would help take some of the pressure off of uh, Roman and, and McIntyre and Sheamus of trying to carry uh, the brand all the time. But Logan Paul, big-time, big-time performance and win. Uh, you can't have a better opponent than The Miz if you're going to do something like this, so that, that's fantastic. And like I said, another 15-minute match. It was just incredible. Bobby Lashley defeated Theory in under five minutes. Four minutes and 45 seconds. Now, I understand it's because Bobby is, is uh, needs to seem dominant as he is, and he needs to keep the U.S. title. Fantastic. This also caused speculation that, well, Theory wasn't that involved so far tonight. Maybe it's because he's going to be cashing in during the main event. We will get to that. Good dominant performance for Bobby Lashley. Uh, good to see them not do any crazy shenanigans here because Lashley is by far by far the uh, the, the better talent, at least right now. Theory has a, a big upside, but not right now. Uh, we had the Mysterios take on Judgment Day, which is uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Now, Rhea Ripley has been back. She seems to be the uh the uh the pivot point, which is fantastic. She seems to be the the one that really sets this group off. We do know edge has returned, so we will uh we will see what role he plays in a lot of this uh if I'm not mistaken, he played a role in this match. I don't remember much of the match it was uh, about ten minutes or so. Good match glad the Mysterios finally win something because they they just job out to everybody it seems like and uh, they, uh, they did fantastic in this one um, happy Corbin took on his former Colts teammate Pat McAfee we all know the WWE and Vince mantra that a lot of times uh, you get humbled when you're announcers or other things that, uh, you're humbled a lot of times. Well, Pat McAfee did not get humbled in this one Pat McAfee in a 10-minute match He's in fantastic shape. So is happy Corbin Once again, the opponent matters Pat McAfee wins this match Wins this SummerSlam match. That's fantastic. He is a uh, super cool He is the same person away from a microphone as he is uh, in front of a microphone and it gives them another option to pull someone you know off the off the desk to potentially have matches like this, and I think he's he's a, a great one to do that good for Pat The Usos that is Jimmy and Jay of course And so Losakai's brother. I think yeah, something like that. Y'all guys don't know that defeated the Street Profits As they should have Jeff Jarrett was a special guest referee a little controversial towards the end, but uh, about a 12 or 13 minute match the Usos are the better tag team. I don't know who's going to beat them. They really don't have an established team that's good enough to do that. Um, and it needs to be an established team. So unless they're bringing one in, I don't even think NXT has one that would make sense. But uh, the Usos retain. They are still the undefeat the un, un- well, I guess undefeated. The undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions and uh, it was fun seeing Jeff Jarrett knowing that he was part of uh, Flair's last match, Well, I'll talk about in a minute uh, just a night later. Ronda Rousey took on Liv Morgan for the Smackdown Women's Championship. Uh, it was an okay match and the reason it was okay is it was only about four and a half minutes long. A lot can happen in four and a half minutes, but it—it uh, it seemed like to me this was the match that got cut. That it may last two and maybe the lastly one too, where you know you're running short on time, you know the main event's coming, and you just tell these two, "Hey, you got five minutes." It is what it is. So hopefully they'll have a. a Another one that rematch or something on SmackDown and get to fully get into this match for at least at least ten minutes, at least fifteen. But uh, controversial because Ronda slaps on a hold on on Liv Morgan and uh, Morgan kind of halfway rolls her up, which is kind of the champion she is. She's kind of the uh, underdog, which is fine. But, um, yeah, I want to see more from this before they move on, before Ronda moves on to something else. Because I, I think Liv should take a, a little bit longer for her, for her moment here. Then we get to Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Brock Lesnar in a last-man-standing match for the Undisputed Universal Championship. This match featured uh, Brock Lesnar driving down in a tractor might even be his tractor for all we know um, These two beating the crap out of each other as We knew they would a lot of near wins here and there um, Ultimately Roman retains as you should because we're still not sure how long Brock's gonna stick around he may just pop in every so often like this which is fine um, It didn't make sense for him to beat Roman and probably the, the, the best part of the match and the fun part of the match, well, there's two. One, the fact that Theory didn't cash in because it, it would have ruined it. And two, that uh, Brock Lesnar at some point used the tractor to basically pick one side of the ring up and Roman Reigns went spilling out of the other side. Uh, never seen that one before. Definitely never seen that one before. So, what I think it was a solid show. Uh, what we do rating systems. We do out of five. Let's do it. Out of, out of five stars, I would say this was. Um, I'd give it a four. I'd give it a four out of five. I, I think so. the The Last Man Standing match was great. Um, you know, the Pat McAfee moment was, was uh, good. I like Logan Paul. You know, it, it had some really good moments. It really didn't have any, like, crappy moments. And we got to see Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Um, I wish the the Lashley and, and Liv Morgan matches were longer. But, uh, you know, you only have so much time. Especially when they want to show every video and interview everybody in the building. But uh, that was SmackDown. Not SmackDown. That was SummerSlam. The next event they have coming up, if I'm not mistaken, it's Clash at the Castle. Uh, That is going to be... I think it's going to be a live stream through the Peacock Network and the WWE Network. uh, Saturday, September the 3rd. So we got a little bit of time. We got about a month. We We have an actual calendar month. Until then. But uh, Clash of the Castle, that one is going to be in Cardiff, Wales. Which uh, is interesting because the PFL will be there next week. But um, there you go. There's SummerSlam. I'm going to talk a little NXT a little later on. Or no, let's talk NXT now. Because did I I make any... I did make a SmackDown... um, note and that was that the Drew versus Seamus match in the uh, shillelagh match bar match or wh- whatever it was even with Sheamus's buddies Rich Holland and Butch that came to, that were down there and in the middle of it uh, Drew ends up with the win he's gonna face Roman now that we know the Roman one at Clash at the Castle they've got a month to build that uh, even though he's you know he hasn't beat Roman yet He's probably the the best candidate that they have right now until they build some other people up, so we'll we'll see what they do there, but uh, That was a that was a really good match. It was a weird brutal match Shillelagh's look like they don't feel good when they hit you. I'm not sure many things do but uh, that that was my That was definitely my Smackdown though NXT let's just start there we get the return of Zoe Stark who's a good talent, who they extremely believe in because she walked right back in from being injured for eight months and immediately got a title shot. You guys know I am not a fan of that. Not a fan at all, but, hey, they're going to do it anyway. But Zoe Stark comes out, and we get a heartfelt why she was out and all this. Okay, great. That's, That's fine. She gets a little emotional, great. It means something to her. That's fine. I just don't need 15 minutes of... I don't need 10 minutes of of her talking about her comeback and how much she likes this and how much she loves this and she lives for it and she's passionate about it. We get it. That's why you're a professional wrestler. That's why you're all professional wrestlers. You wouldn't go, gosh, I hate this, but I'd do it anyway. It's not the way wrestling works. If your head's not in it, if your heart's not in it, if your whole body's not in it, it's not going to work out. Uh, But she came out and talked for a while and the Cora Jade was up on the the weird ledge that everybody talks off of and uh, then toxic attraction come out and uh, Yeah, blah blah Uh, Wesley versus Grayson Waller Fantastic match. I enjoyed it a lot Waller ends up with the win But only when Wesley was sucker punched. Yes, because he was wearing kind of boxing gloves by trick Williams have no idea why. I guess Wesley is going to be going against Trick or um, or something. I, I, it just kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, we hear from Gacy, Rip, and Jagger. That is, uh, I cannot think of the team they used to be, but they repackaged them. They're good minions for for Gacy, and uh, we'll we'll see what he does. He he seems to be after Cameron Grimes and uh, maybe some other ones and and I think I think Gacy the more success Gacy has when he dives into his gimmick the way he's doing is the less chance that Bray Wyatt comes back because they are variations of each other so keep that in mind so enjoy Gacy because you're probably not getting Bray uh, Apollo over Zion Quinn, that was a pretty good match. They're they're building Apollo pretty good. Um, I think eventually Braun and Apollo, but it's it's not close yet. Um Zoe Stark took on GG Dolan. It was an okay match. Uh, the rest of Toxic Attraction was down there, but uh didn't matter. GG ended up uh, losing the course Zoe Stark wins because they're trying to build her up uh, Cora Jade come down to help in the ad- attack and uh, the return of Roxanne Perez who chased her her former friend and tag partner out of the arena now a fun moment a good moment uh, Alundra a Blaze otherwise known as Medusa Alundra Blaze is in the back and Roxanne Perez is sitting there Or standing there at the interview place. And she hands her the other tag team title. And they reach in the trash can and get the other one out. So Alundra Blaze has both of them. And Roxanne Perez says these deserve to go to somebody who will appreciate them more. And not want to treat them like that. So next week there is a fatal four-way involving uh, four different teams obviously. That it would baffle me if KC Squared does not win. But then again, what do I know? but um, and they're gonna crown new tag team champions because uh, I don't know if it was injury or what, but they ducked out of the the cora Jade stuff so fast that i it just made no sense, but where were we? um tiffany stratton and Wendy Chu getting into uh, a bigger feud is going to be happening sooner rather than later the backstage stuff and all that it's it's been great i look forward to seeing these two go and because uh, tiffany's been getting better she was very green when she started but she is really jumping into uh, being tiffany stratton i think she's former maybe even olympic but former gymnast and uh, she's a great athletic talent And Wendy Chu, with with her, all of her shenanigans are are great as well. Uh, We get J.D. McDonough, who starts in the crowd, yet he has a uh, live microphone. You know, because they hand those out. I like that uh, he said he he didn't get to introduce himself. So he introduced himself to random people in the crowd and asked things about them and said things about them. And um, more than likely, most of them were plants, let's be honest. Talked about Wade Barrett talked about uh, Vic Joseph, the, the announcer, the the timekeeper, the ring announcer, all kinds of things. Then he called out Braun Breaker as uh, he, we all knew he was going to do and said, uh, yeah, we should do this. And Braun said, let's do it. So those two are going to face. The problem is Why would you bring J.D. McDonough all the way across the pond? He came from NXT UK. If uh, he's just going to be a feeder mouse for Braun. Which makes me kind of think maybe J.D.'s going to beat him. Which means he needs to be a better technical wrestler than Braun and outmaneuver him. And that's going to be a tall be a tall test for sure. Um, Giovanni Vinci... Had a match with Andre Chase. It was a lot better than you'd think that matchup would be. A lot of people aren't big on Andre Chase. I think he's very good at what he does. And uh, then building Giovanni, we knew he was going to win. But this was a solid match. That actually, after the match when uh, Vinci was going after Chase, Nathan Fraser showed up. So maybe we're going to get Vinci and Fraser now that he is back. Um. Indy had a squash match and won it against Ariana Grace. We get the Tony D'Angelo family, which is him and is it Two Dimes or Stacks or whichever one he didn't throw in the river that AEW keeps exploiting, and uh, Legato del Fantasma's tag team. Th- those four took on the Diamond Mind. Uh, the Diamond Mind had a moment where they or Roderick Strong smashed one of the Creed brothers by accident. We'll see what happens there. I thought I thought Diamond Mine was going to split up, but good for the Tony D family, they get the win. Let's go to Impact Wrestling next. Um, they're still doing Honor No More versus the Bullet Club, even though there's only two Bullet Club members. They are starting to dive into their Ohio Valley Wrestling things because uh, Tiffany Nieves took on Jada Stone. They're both from Ohio Valley Wrestling. That is kind of the NXT of Impact Wrestling, even though we don't get it on television much. I think you can get it part of their network. Uh, it's a pretty decent match. Nieves get the win with that one, with Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans uh, at ringside. Uh, the, the biggest part of this was that Killer Kelly, Made her, her uh, I think, debut. And she came down and just uh, ran over Tiffany Davis and Jada Stone and kind of put steals on notice without putting her on. You know, she didn't really point her out, but she was like, you you know, you could be next. Uh, Josh Alexander beat Shara with Raj Singh down there. That was not so big as Sammy Callahan showed up. And Callahan is the guy who should take the belt off Josh Alexander. I am a thousand percent behind that. Now that he is back, hopefully he is not still dinged up. That is a feud that we should look forward to because that brings another side out of Josh, and Callahan can show you that he can wrestle pretty well. Um, Rich Swan took on Kushida. This was a really good match. It's a really good matchup. Swan is a guy who can kind of keep up with Kushida, who can move around very quickly when he wants to. He really kept setting up the arm bar that he uses. He uses a uh, kind of a double wrist lock or something like that. But uh, he kept setting it up on Swan and finally got the victory with that. Uh, As I said, Ric Flair had his last match on Sunday. Uh, that card was absolutely stacked. By the way, the main event was Ric Flair and Andrade versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal, who had been training Flair the uh, for the comeback, the whole last part of it. Uh, where there it is. Listen to this card. This this was the card for Flair's thing. I told you the main event. Uh, which player won, by the way? You had Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu, who is part of the, uh, you know, the Samoan wrestlers. He's one of the uh, biggest ones on the indie scene right now. Uh, you had Deanna Perrazzo versus Jordan Grace versus Rachel Ellering. Sign me up. That was probably phenomenal. You had the Briscoes versus the Von Ericks for the first time ever. Goodness. Wow. Um, in a Fatal 4-Way match, you had uh, Kansuke Tuxedo versus Nick Wayne versus Alan Angels versus Jonathan Gresham. You had this match here. I just, you blinked and you missed something. This, uh Ray Phoenix versus Bandito versus Laredo Kid versus Taru. Holy crap. You had, uh, for the first time in a long time, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards got back together for the Wolves. They took on the Motor City Machine Guns. And uh, Killer Cross with Scarlett, his bride, took on Davey Boy Smith Jr. Uh, There was also a Legacy match where Ricky and Carrie Morton took on. I forgot who they took on. I forgot. Uh, there was a New Japan Young Lions match. That was a Bunkhouse Battle Royal. Just classic, awesome card. And uh, congratulations to Ric Flair. Just a tremendous, tremendous uh, career. There is, is nobody like the Nature Boy, and there will never be anybody else like the Nature Boy. Great uh what do we got next New Japan New Japan this week we got to see Sonata am a big fan of versus Jay White who I'm a slightly lesser fan of but I still like Jay White a lot uh, this one went back and forth there were a lot of false finishes Sonata has a move set Jay White does too all those guys in New Japan they have move sets where very rarely do they do the same moves that somebody else does. Everybody has, like, their own set of moves. It's crazy. Uh, Sonata is just, like, one half step under being a really big dog or being really important. Uh, I wish you would take that next step. He's so close a lot of times. Uh, Jay White is that guy, is one of those top guys, and uh, he ends up with a victory in this one. Sonata goes back to the drawing board. We got to see uh, Kushka Okada versus Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is another one that is is so close to being a super main eventer that uh, he he just he's phenomenal and in fact he was a main eventer he was under a mask when he was in Lucha Underground I bet you guys can figure out who he is based off his finishing move go figure it out but Okada wins this um, just ex- New Japan every week exceptional matches so much it's like watching AEW here. Over there, it's everything is just dream top-level matches. Speaking of AEW, let's get into AEW now. Big things you need to know about. Roosh versus Moxley. Moxley, of course, retain. But my goodness, this was better than even I thought it would be. Roosh is a future world champ. Uh, him and Andrade, and I can't remember who I put with them last week, but if they form a trio... Holy cow. Uh, oh, it was uh, his brother. Roosh's brother is Dragon Lee. If they add Dragon Lee to Andrade and Roosh, my goodness, they might be trio champs. Uh, Jericho comes out, runs his mouth. Him and Moxley are going to fight in two weeks or a week. I think it's next weekend at uh, whatever their their big show is going to be. Uh, some really funny lines. Between the two of them, uh, but the line I liked the most was when Jericho kept referring to it as an inner room title. Oh, you're the inner room champ, inner room champ, inner room champ. Yeah, I'll take that off of you. Well, and, and in fact, it come down to actually Wheeler Utah is challenging Jericho on this week's show that is happening right now for the chance to potentially take that spot from Jericho and face Moxley himself. But Moxley says he says if you think inner room was ever a word we were gu- or was ever appropriate to this title, from the time I won it? You are sadly mistaken, and I agree. He is the world heavyweight champ. CM Punk is also the world heavyweight champ. We have two champs. There is one way to solve that: whoever is the champ when CM Punk returns, we're gonna see that match. I would love to see Moxley and CM Punk. That's that could be a really good match. Uh, there's going to be a trio tournament, a trios tournament, the finals of which will be at All Out on September 4th. I guess maybe that's their big show. Um, Ricky Starks took on Danhausen for the FTW Championship. Of course, he beat Danhausen in about four and a half minutes, and he did what he did last week, which caused Danhausen to call him out. Uh, He said, you know what? I'm not done. i still got something in the tank. It's an open challenge to anybody back there. And who steps through the curtain? Even though it's not a curtain, it's a walkway. Hook. Let me fill everybody in. Hook, young uprising star. Hook, who is part of the same faction with Ricky Starks. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. I think they have another member but I can't remember this led by Taz his team Taz Hook who is the son of Taz he comes out and proceeds to give Ricky Starks everything under the sun he can come up with. And oh he does and in the end your new FTW champion yep his dad's belt is an unrecognized AEW belt, but is a recognized global championship. Uh, Hook is your FTW champion. Ricky Starks kind of apologized afterwards to the crowd. And then Powerhouse Hobbs smashed him. So looks like Team Taz doesn't exist anymore, which sucks. I like a lot of Team Taz. Ricky Starks is unbelievable, and Hook is on his way to being. Um, Not really a good match, not a good start. The Young Bucks are trying to find a Trios third member. Looked like they were thinking Hangman. The, Kenny Omega is the obvious choice. But uh, before they could get with Hangman, the Dark Order showed up. And uh, they were wishing a happy birthday, so happy ber- birthday Hangman. Uh, young Bucks looked a little... A little down depressed maybe that uh, they they weren't allowed to play in the reindeer games there but uh, I, I see them doing some stuff here soon I said Kenny Omega should be close to coming back and young bucks partnering with Omega another level of awesome. Uh, Tony nice and smart mark sterling lost to swerve Scott or swerve strickland rather That wasn't a big deal because in the back Josh the goods woods who has apparently accepted sterling's offer stood over a fallen Keith Lee Uh, You guys are gonna like Josh woods. He's uh, he's very uh, MMA and fluid the way that uh, Jake Hager is uh, but he's a little smaller of a guy than Hager. Hager's like six six. He, Josh is like six four. You guys are gonna like Josh, uh, unless of course you're a swerving Lee fan. You're not gonna like that he knocked your guy down. Thunder Rosa had a good a good title bout against uh, Yamashita. She ended up retaining her belt. This is what I don't like is they have Pac and Thunder Rosa. Defending their belts against random people out of nowhere—that doesn't mean anything. There's no buildup. You can see that they're just placeholders, and they since they don't know what to do with the belt yet, they're just uh, just kind of standing pat. And I don't like it. Uh, give me a give me a worthy contender. I mean, Yamashita is, but give give me somebody. That there's a build-up to, and I understand you can't have the same people in all the time. And Thunder Rosa, I don't have a problem with her being champ. I don't have a problem with Pac. Just I should have at least heard of their opponent. But it is what it is. That led us to the main event: Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. This was a fantastic match until uh, it looked like at one point that I don't know if they're playing this up or not. It looked like a point that Danielson had maybe concussed himself or had some sort of neck relapse or something. He'd had some concussion issues before and a neck issues before that kept him out for years. Uh they they kind of played it up. In the end Daniel Garcia wins when Jake Hager interferes and helps him win, but um I don't like that they were talking about his neck injury and playing it up like that and I hope that wasn't real. I hope I mean not you know I hope it wasn't as bad as it looked. That led us to AEW Rampage, where Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh went against Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. Uh, Orange Cassidy ends up with the win, then they get attacked by the other three, and Wardlow comes out to save them. Not sure what that means. But uh, Wardlow looked like he wanted a piece of Satnam Singh, so uh, we'll see where that goes. I think that's a waste of time for both of them. Ethan Page beat the holy crap out of Leon Ruffin. Um, Ruffin reminds me of Cheeseburger from Ring of Honor. It's it's uh just a smaller dude who's really good at working with a lot of people. Ethan Page needed a win, and he got a win. Uh, they talked to Cole Carter and the factory come out and uh, QT Marshall and all and said, "Hey, can um, yeah you you should join us." They made a lot of jokes about swimming with fishes and things like that. He's the Tony D'Angelo member that I told you that they, the way they wrote him off after they let him walk, he didn't resign his contract, was they had his character get thrown in the river Mafia style. Can't make this stuff up, guys. Uh, Lee Mo- Moriarty beat Matt Seidel with a little underhand but uh, he, he was able to beat him. Uh, Lee Moriarty is a, a big-time talent, too. That I, I look forward to some fun things. He did. He come from the Nightmare Academy. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli came out, and then we and then he called Wheeler Utah out so they could celebrate their championship wins. And that's when Jericho come out. And that's when we get the Utah versus Jericho match. I guess this week to determine who faces Moxley in a couple weeks. The acclaimed are apparently going to take on the gun club in a dumpster match this happened once before the New Age Outlaws years ago which was Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. I don't know why we're having a dumpster match but okay and then Ruby Soho took on Anna Jay Anna Jay gets the win in this one and uh, they're they're playing up Anna Jay and this time it's Ruby Soho who continues to job out for new talent that are not on her level but it is what it is and this show is what it is and and that means it's over because that's all we've got for now tons of stuff coming up in the next couple weeks as i said friday pfl playoffs it'll be wilkinson versus monty that is in new york uh ufc fight night will be going on this saturday and uh i will be live tweeting as much of those as i can mostly the main cards i believe we're going to try to is that what, that's what producer sassy is telling me producer sunshine is is giving me the thumbs up as well which is kind of weird she's giving me the okay look so we're probably doing that and uh lots of fun stuff coming up but for now i'm jeremy the impact york this has been strong style we will see you guys next week deuces gooses go watch wrestling go watch fighting